Hi everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guests are Ryan Webster and Varen Dresner from Equity Yield Group. Welcome, Ryan and Varen. Hi, having us. Great to be here. Sure. So, a little bit about Ryan and Varen. So, Ryan is a NSBA award-winning home builder, experienced real estate professional, and entrepreneur. Ryan is the founder of Equity Yield LLC and has over a decade of experience owning and operating a Midwest-based construction and development company with a wide range of project experience managing new construction and value-add multifamily projects. Warren has 20 years of experience in finance, insurance, and real estate in the USA, UK, and Australia. With a focus on deal management, deal execution, and project management, he began investing in real estate in 2010 and has experience in both single-family homes and multi-family apartments. He's currently invested in over 2,000 units across the Southeast and Midwest. So with that... Ryan and Warren, so you want to add anything to your background? Uh, no, I think that really covers it. Um, but our background really kind of leads into you know our investment strategy and, and why we we target the assets that we do. You know, our focus is is really on late model um, assets, preferably ninety to to mid two thousands, uh, nothing older than nineteen eighty five. And that comes from you know my background in construction and uh, you know spending years working on you know older properties. Um, and there's a, a level of execution risk and unforeseen costs that come with doing these heavy lifts and heavy repositions. Um, so we look to avoid some of that risk by looking at you know, newer assets. Not to say that there isn't a value-add component that we look for. We're big, uh, you know, we like forced appreciation and the ability to, to renovate and, and move rents by improving the property. Um, but we don't look to drop, you know, 20, 30K per door into the property. Got you. So, Vernon, you want to add anything? I guess, I mean, you would have noticed from looking at our two backgrounds that we've got some different backgrounds. I mean, Ryan's got a lot of construction experience. He's been in the industry a long, long time. I come from a finance background, but I've been investing in real estate probably 12 years now. So the different perspectives have given us you know, different ways of thinking about our investment thesis and the types of assets we want to we want to look at. And Ryan talked about these class A, the newer build properties. Um, and there are a number of reasons for that from a construction point of view, like you mentioned, it makes sense because you don't have deferred maintenance. But also from my experience as an investor in single family homes and then as a passive investor in multifamily, I think we've kind of seeing that with some C-class, maybe C-class multifamily assets, you can get a lot of problems. And so really what we're focusing on is risk-adjusted returns. We're looking for lower risk proposition for investors. Um, and that's kind of how we ended up on on the types of deals, the types of assets that we look to buy. Got it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go in depth into that you know, class A assets uh, before that. So Ren, like uh, you have construction experience. So what level of construction experience, what exactly your role there? 
Yeah. So I owned and operated a construction development company 10 years uh, prior to forming Equity Yield Group with Warren here. Um, and we did, you know, a lot of uh, single family home developments, so commercial build outs and uh, remodels, small multi, a few strip malls back when that was the hot thing. Got it. So you did all kinds of, uh, you know, construction side. So from where in your point of view, you have finance experience. Uh, share me a little bit more about, you know, finance and insurance related experience. So sure. It's it's a combination between some banking experience, some mergers and acquisitions, institutional banking, and then insurance and reinsurance. Um, I've got kind of a quantitative background. So I started off doing a lot of financial analysis, working in spreadsheets, but later on in my career, moved more into sales type roles. So really putting together proposals for big companies, doing big RFP pitches, and really just trying to which is an important skill set in any industry. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So how did you guys met? How did this uh, for, uh, team formation, you know? We met, we were both part of the same mentorship group. I know I, when I was looking to get more involved in multifamily, I decided to join a mentorship group really to surround myself with other people who were doing, doing this kind of stuff. I wanted to meet people who were, had similar interests, who had similar goals to me, but also people who had more experience than me that I could learn from. So I joined one of these groups um, and it was a great experience. I, I really got a great education and started to build out an excellent network. And part of that network, I met Ryan and uh, we were both underwriting deals in similar markets. We started to compare notes and share what we were working on. And over time, just naturally, we started to work together. Um, and that's basically how we started to form a partnership. Got it. Uh, Ryan, you want to add anything? Yeah, you know, um, it, it kind of how we met and what we were working at the time really uh, aligned with how we ended up developing uh, the company and the vision that we, we had for the company. Um, you know, not only did we have alignment and we agreed what, what made a quality investment and, you know, the things that uh, determined a quality market and location to invest in, um, but we had a shared vision and, you know, how the company should be built. So we have a strong focus in not only providing quality investments to investors, but providing a quality investor experience. Um, you know, as Warren can tell you, he has some experience investing, uh, you know, as an LP where there's, you know, a lack of communication and, and transparency. Um, and we set out to uh, not be those operators. We wanted to be consistently communicating with our investors um, transparently and then be available if they had any questions and easy to contact. Um, and we've really built the company around that idea. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, from roles and responsibilities point of view, I know a little bit like Varen is mainly focusing on fine based on his experiences. Maybe I am thinking like he's mainly focusing on underwriting or some other aspects. So would you share like how exactly you're, you know, sharing the responsibilities? Yeah, I mean, there are two of us really running the company and, and we both make sure we get four, four eyes on all of the major decisions. So when it comes to underwriting, we're actually both very involved. Um, whether Ryan starts looking at a deal and then shares it with me or I start and then share it with him, it, it could go either way. But any deal that we want to make an offer on or pursue, it's a shared decision and we both always bounce the ideas off each other. Um, similarly with asset management, we're both involved in the asset management side. I think Ryan takes more of a role in the construction part of asset management and the value add execution. And then the other side of the business, I guess, is marketing. Again, where we're, we're both involved, but I probably take more of a leading role in, in trying to execute some of the marketing strategy. 
that. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan, you want to add anything on top of uh, what Warren mentioned? No, I mean that's really kind of the the division of labor, and you know, like Warren said, uh, getting you know four eyes on on all the major decisions and making sure that uh, you know, we've really dug into the details uh, before deciding on you know an investment and, and making an offer. And and you guys had focused in class A, I mean quality class A, class B properties. So uh, would you share a little bit of background on also what kind of value we add you're playing there? Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, we do like the, the class A, class B, newer product. Um, like I said earlier, that that's not to say that there's not a value add component just because it's a newer product. But with that, it usually comes a, a nicer location in, in a newer neighborhood. So you have a, a better demographic of tenant. We have higher incomes, uh, which can support higher rent growth. But really what we're looking for is, is cosmetic, uh, typically interior improvements. Um, a lot of times developers, you know, they'll cheapen the interior finishes. That's usually the last line item to hit the budget as they're completing a project. So we've had, you know, good opportunity to come in and improve interior finishes, redo the kitchens, uh, improve the bathrooms, um, and really get out of these builder grade finishes uh, to compete with some of the nicer properties in the market. Van, anyone to add anything on top of that? Um, yeah, you know, the more we, the more experience we get with these types of properties, the more other benefits we also see in action. So it's great that we've got these new con- new buildings with new construction and no deferred maintenance. But another byproduct of that is that we tend to have great demographics. A lot of the tenants that stay in these types of buildings tend to have higher incomes and they tend to be unemployed less. And so what we find is that we get less bad debt as a consequence as well. So there are a number of advantages, I think, to our approach. It's not just the the new shiny construction. It's also that the financials start to look better as well because of just the demographics and the type of people that live in these communities. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. So how, how are you sourcing these deals? Yeah. Um, due to the, you know, the institutional quality assets we look to acquire, most of them are institutionally owned. Um, so we purchase them, you know, marketed through brokers um, as most institutions are, are not willing to forgo the marketing process. Got it. Got it. And so, uh, what kind of returns, you know, so you're playing a cash flow or, you know, cash flow plus appreciation, how exactly, you know, can, can you share a little bit more about, you know, returns point of view? So a big, a big focus of ours is providing risk adjusted returns. You know, as risk goes higher, returns should go higher. And with this asset class, we consider it lower risk. So from our point of view, investing in an A-class asset in a, a good, big, growing city is a lower risk proposition than, say, a 1960s built property in a smaller market. So given that it's lower risk, it should demand lower returns. And that's kind of consistent with what we see. We tend to see cash on cash, maybe in the range 6 to 8%. Um, it definitely varies by market and varies by asset. And we tend to see IRRs maybe in the mid-teens, but probably slightly the low to mid-teens rather than the mid to high teens, if that makes sense. Got it. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense for this kind of asset classes. Yeah. And uh, what's your take on current multifamily space? How do you see like next 12 to 18 months from, you know, cap rate or inflation or interest rates or, you know, or purchase price, different aspects? Uh, that's a big question. Do you want to have a go first, Ryan? 
Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a, a lot going on in, in the market. And, you know, we're seeing uh, turbulence in the real estate market, which was expected as interest rates uh, come up. Um, but, you know, I don't think demand for multifamily housing, both on the consumer side from the tenants and the investor side, is going to subside anytime soon. And with interest rates rising, I think we'll see continued demand pressure on housing as, you know, first time home buyers are even further priced out of the market, not just by, you know, price of houses, but also by the increased debt service and their their monthly mortgage payment. You know, we've seen just phenomenal rent growth over the last 12 months. Um, And I don't know that it'll continue in a 30% range, but I think it will be very strong going forward as we're investing in these high growth markets that are very low supply of new housing. And we have people moving to these markets every day. You know, occupancies will remain high. Uh, Rent growth will likely remain steady. Got it. When you want to add from your perspective? Um, yeah, I was going to I mean, make similar comments. I think multifamily is still a really attractive asset class. There's still a high demand for housing. We still have a housing shortage in the country. There's also so much capital out there that's looking for an investment home. So the demand is huge. I think the issue we're facing in the short term is a pricing issue. We know that interest rates are rising and probably going to keep rising. And so it's not as cheap for us to fund these deals. And therefore, at some point, we're going to have to see some sort of balance occurring. I don't think prices can continue to increase as quickly as they have been. Um, but we, we, think it's, we think it's an attractive asset class. We'd like to keep buying. Um, and we'll have to see how, how prices play out in the, in the next 6 to 12 months. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So how are you approaching for you know, bridge versus agency loans? Yeah, right now, um, you know, we we did a lot of bridge debt last year, um, and we we all knew interest rates were coming up eventually. It's it's hard to pick exactly when, but we bought very aggressive interest rate caps at, at fifty basis points, um, which you know right now are, are very much in the money um, and and reducing our cost of debt service, which is great. But going forward, it's it's hard to purchase aggressive interest rates caps as the pricing has gotten very expensive. Um, so we're looking for other fixed rate debt strategies, uh, whether it be agency or LifeCo or, or bank debt, and then using our relationships with uh, institutional equity partners to uh, bring some capital to the middle of the capital stack, either mezzanine debt or preferred equity to get a, you know, a total lower piece of the capital stack that's fixed rate. Yeah, to- totally agree on your points. So yeah, definitely, uh, maybe agents might be a better option, but again, we, we need to go with you know, loyal TV stuff, right? So uh, when and you want to add anything on top of that? Uh, no, nothing in particular. I think we're pretty aligned on that point. Great. So would you share any you know, best real estate or multifamily investing experience so far? The best experience yeah. so far? I think, uh, I mean, it's probably when we got our first deal. I think we probably worked for nine to 12 months underwriting lots and lots of deals and building relationships with other partners. So the experience of putting that first deal together having the team in place to take out the loan, to raise the capital, to close the deal, to win the deal in the first place. I think that that's probably a highlight from my perspective. Got it. So how about Dan? What's your best experience? 
Yeah. Building on that, you know, I think, uh, you know, the last 12 months, uh, you know, watching the properties outperform in this market and, you know, really getting validation that, uh, you know, we, we picked the right locations that were going to have strong growth that was going to support our business plan. You know, we have properties that are outperforming our pro forma by, you know, 25% or more, you know, we're seeing rent growth exceeding our projections, um, by up to $400 per unit on new leases. So just watching that growth over the last 12 months has been amazing. So would you also share any challenging uh, multifamily investing experience so far? Um, there are challenges every day. I think the types of assets we want to buy are really competitive. And so we lose many more times than we win. So almost every day there's a challenge. We we think we're getting close to a deal and we get outbid or we make it to the best and final round and we end up not winning the deal. So there are setbacks all the time. And I think the trick is just to be able to dust yourself off and keep getting back up and keep trying. Got it. So how about you, Ryan? Yeah, that really is uh, honestly the, the biggest and, and most persistent challenge is, you know, looking to uh, provide these quality investment opportunities and these large institutional assets um, and, and competing with institutions in the process of bidding on them is a you know, almost daily frustration. Um, but like Warren said, that it's kind of part of the business um, and it's you know getting up to the next day and then getting after it again. I want to ask one question regarding team building or, you know, from team formation point of view. So what are the important skills uh, you require, you, you see like when you're, you know, finding a partner, uh, you know, finding a team? I think the number one thing for us is trust and and making sure that we're working with people that we we get along with and that we want to be working with because with these deals we're in business together for five years plus potentially so we're both very much of the mindset that we want to be working with people that we like people that we enjoy working with so that would be i mean the biggest factor for us in in finding teammates absolutely how about you dan you want to add anything yeah, and just you know being able to to work together and having alignment in you know the styles of in the culture of how you know different individuals, different groups work. You know, Warren and I tend to be very organized and, and proactive, and we uh, look for partners that also have that quality. Well, what is your current focus? Share something you're excited about now. Well, we're doing a few things actually. From an acquisition standpoint, we're looking for for more deals, so we're underwriting lots of deals, making offers. Um, but from an asset management standpoint, there's a lot going on as well. We're in the process of refinancing one of our properties. We're potentially looking to sell one of our properties. So there's never a dull moment. There's a lot going on at the moment. Uh, Ryan, you want to add? Yeah, you know, outside of that and in supporting the the acquisition side, um, you know, we're we're constantly looking for, you know, new debt providers and, and lenders and equity partners. And again, chasing this more fixed rate structure to to mitigate, you know, the increasing cost of debt service. So there's a lot of effort put into, you know, meeting different life codes and different banks out there that can provide a different debt product. Moving on to personal questions. So any one advice that have impact on you? So I'll start with Ryan. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, real estate in, in general takes a lot of grit and, and determination. And, and early on, you know, I used to let the, the continual setbacks 
kind of get to me. And then, you know, I learned to, to shake that off over time. And it's just, just part of the business. How about you, Valen? Any one advice that have impact on you? I think it's common advice, but I support it 100%. And that is build your network. You, it really is a team sport. It's not something, large multifamily is not something anyone can do on their own. So you really need to get out there, talk to other investors, find people that you can partner with. And if you start doing that, things will start to move a lot quicker. Yeah. Awesome. And any books that impacted your life and what way? So we'll start with Van. Uh, well, definitely Kiyosaki. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki books had a big impact on me. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant. That's where it all started. That's where this idea of passive income really came from. So that's probably had the biggest impact on me. Got it. How about you, Dan? Yeah, you know, Cashflow Quadrant was really the, the book for me. I read that early on in my career when I just... Just started out, and you know, I was definitely in the uh, the S quadrant and, and specialized in you know working way too many hours. And I read that book and realized that I needed to shift my mindset and work on building and scaling a business. Um, and then that snowballed into okay, now that this is this scaled, what do I do with the money? We need to you know push it into investments and get the dollars working for me as well as the the time. Got it. So how are you giving back to community? Yeah, um, it, for us, it's it's really about reaching out to investors and, and helping them, you know, achieve their investment goals. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people that don't realize that you can invest passively in, in large commercial real estate. Um, so giving them the ability to do that and helping them realize that it is an option available to them. Um, it's really rewarding. Got it. How about you, Varen? You want to add? Well, before I mentioned that we were both part of a mentorship group and I really enjoy the community side of, of being part of a mentorship group. And so one way that I try and actively give back is to support new investors in the space and maybe new passive investors that want to start getting more actively involved in multifamily. So I, I always look to support anyone who's looking to grow, looking for advice, always giving up time and, and support because there are a lot of people who gave up time and support to help me in my journey. So that that's one way I definitely like to give back. Got it. Yep. So how can listeners can connect with you? Best way would be to go to our website, which is equityyieldgroup.com. Um, you can check out what we're up to, the types of properties we look at, sign up for our newsletter, um, or you can make contact directly through the website. Got it. And thank you very much. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation, Brian and Radan. Thanks for sharing your experiences. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.